Want to do a quick commercial here for our friends at Daxco. That is D-A-X-K-O. Owners of Club Automation, CSI Spectrum, MotionSoft, BFP Next. These software platforms go beyond the current club software and provide best-in-breed solutions to the Halo sector. They wake up every day. They're thinking about your fitness community. They're trying to enhance your member experiences, the facility, easy-to-use software for the staff. If you're looking to change your software, if you're looking to get ahead, if you're looking to get to the next level in the Halo sector and win, do me a favor. Go to info.clubautomation.com forward slash the experience. That is forward slash the experience. Pete Moore, Petey Mo, checking out. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having veteran health club and family operator, racquetball star, as well as new pickleball entrepreneur and my favorite substitute teacher from Cobb County, Sean Graham. Welcome to the show. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that's a, we could end it right there and it'd make my week. All right. That was great. All right. That's the shortest (laughs) podcast we've had. Now uh, contact Sean Graham. If you'd like to invest in pickleball all across Cobb County, indoor, outdoor, you can play virtually if you want. Okay. So Sean, give us your, uh, give us your background. You've got a lot of family history, um, Hmm. you know, in that, in the health club and and the racket business. And then, uh, you know, turn your, uh, turn your teachings and learnings into uh, helping others and uh, mentoring and now, um, you know, looking at another entrepreneurial venture. So have at it. Well, thanks. It, probably a very similar story to the most of the uh, men and women on your podcast that got into fitness and are entrepreneurs in the space. Uh, I grew up wanting to be the left fielder for the Red Sox after Carl Yastrzemski. Could not hit a ball over 80 miles an hour. So that was the end of my baseball career at 14 years old. Uh, our father was an entrepreneur and he, uh, sold a chain of clothing stores that he built in new England. And he opened up, uh, the racquetball spawn health club, Fairfield, Connecticut, one of the very first full service racquetball fitness clubs. He began with 12 racquetball courts, a snack bar, uh, the good old days when you could drink beer and wine and smoke a cigarette after you played racquetball or worked out. Right. And, uh, you know. Uh, And then he added, um, he jumped on all the great trends, Nautilus, aerobics. Uh, I can still remember putting the the Stairmaster PT4000s back together again with, uh, you know, lug nuts and WD-40. After college, went back to the business, learned how to run a single operator family health club, Uh, played racquetball for quite a number of years, uh, toured around the country, playing in uh, about 10 to 12 pro events per year. Best part of about that, of course, is meeting the people. And um, that was always um, my favorite part about playing racquetball. Learn how to be competitive, learn how to practice, train every day, five, six hours. Um, came to Atlanta. Uh, Dad sold the club in 93, came to Atlanta. Um, I've been involved in sales of supplements and, and, and health foods and things. Uh, once he left Connecticut in 93, I came down in 97 to stay for six weeks to check it out. And uh, I've been back to New England twice in about 25, 26 years. Went to work for a really good company called Sports Life. They had six clubs, about 60,000 mm-hmm. members, right? All throughout yep. um, Metro Atlanta. Yep. 
And it was at that point where I got my taste of what does a system of a club look like? Up in New England, it was all independent operators. And every club looked, you know, looked exactly like uh, the environment that it was in. Uh, New Hampshire, Vermont, very wooded, dark, you know, um, you go down into New York, you get very glitzy, shiny. Uh, here we had a chain of clubs and it was a whole system from the minute the member, the guest walked in and you had an upfront close and a mission statement and you had a tour and checkpoints and a, remember the days of the clipboards? You know, no, I got I got my clipboard here. Uh, it, it was just, yeah. uh, you know, so Send him a clipboard, Dave. Yeah, got him a clipboard. I, I, I see you're here, <laughs> Tori, by yourself today. Is there anyone else that you know you want to, you know, all that? Do you have enough time to work out three hours a week? And where do you work? Or you, you know, all that? And uh, and I learned that. And you know, working 70, 80 hours a week, uh, I'd get there early, stay late, cover shifts, cover holidays. I was single at the time. I just probably like most of the folks in your podcast, I said, why am I working 70 hours a week for 42 grand a year? And uh, I started a consulting business for mom and pop clubs. And uh, I went back and at our largest peak, we had uh, 20 clubs from, we were up in uh, Philly, down to Florida, out to Mississippi, had a nice chain of uh, clubs out in Mississippi. That you're and, consulting for or that you were yeah, managing? No, you know, it started as consulting. Can you come in for 30 days? Can you come in for six months, turn over some rocks, find the snakes? It turned yep. into early 2000s when outsourced personal training was becoming a thing. Um, you know, so then we just started uh, developing systems for clubs to sell personal training. And that turned into, for instance, the clubs in Mississippi, can you start hiring and training our staff for us? Literally where the first meeting we went out there, uh, you know, I got that gig because I bothered driving out to Mississippi and I beat out a lot of, uh, three, well, a lot, three other national companies. And uh, he said, hey man, you know, you got the gig because you bothered to drive out here. So I've always been rooted in relationships. I think this is, Again, the racquetball touring for me was all about the people I met relationships. The fitness club business to me is about relationships with people. And I love people. And so that stuck in my mind that if you just make an extra effort, if you treat people right, you know, all the normal stuff, you get gigs. And uh, he fired everybody in our first staff meeting without telling me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, welcome everybody. This is uh, Sean. He's going to be working with us. Help. Oh, great. You know, so Sean, do you have anything you want to say to anybody? And I'm like, Hey, it's great to be here. He's like, well, actually you're letting everybody go. <laughs> and then he left the room and we had about three or four people left. And that turned into, to answer your question, um, managing clubs, hiring, training people and operation, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. And then, uh, you know, coming full circle, got married to an incredible woman, have a beautiful 11-year-old boy in the next room playing uh, MLB The Show. And I took a, you know, a two-minute break from fitness, really wanted to figure out what do I want to do. And um, we landed on opening a health club. And it was going to be everything but pickleball. I had not even heard of pickleball. It was going to be, how can I build a club? where my son can come every day after school, like I did for four years in high school to see my dad every day. And I'm learning a business and it's safe. 
And the numbers just did not work for racquetball, tennis, squash, you know, mm-hmm. badminton. It didn't work. And in a period of about six or seven days, um, I came, three different people told me about pickleball. And I finally tried it. And that was sort of the hook for me where I scrapped what we're going to call the racket palace, where I got 20 minutes of playing pickleball. I was about 50, now 52. And I was the youngest person on the court. And my heart was up at about 150. I was sweating like a pig. And I said, why would any middle-aged guy want to work out on a treadmill inside, you know, watching the news, pick your, pick your flavor of news, when he could be on a court playing something for fun that's really easy to learn how to play. And then that's sort of what got me on the path of, uh, of pickleball. Got it. Yeah. A couple of questions about the, the economics of pickleball. And I've got one, mm-hmm. one of our uh, investors and a close friend. We, we, we went to the U S open a pickleball down in Fort Myers mm-hmm. about five years ago. And I felt like it was the equivalent of um, that dog Westminster dog show uh, movie called best in show. Yes. It was like Murray Feinstein and Adam Smith, please report the under 85 court 47 or you'll be disqualified. You yeah. know, like I was at summer camp. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah. wow, this thing's got a long way to go um, in a very, very short period of time. You know, you've got private equity groups now that own teams. You got, mm-hmm. you know, high net worth individuals that own teams. You know, if you kind of take a look at where, where's the money to be made in pickleball, obviously it's not in the paddle and it's not in the wiffle ball. Let's yeah. sell a ton of them. Yeah. Um, it could be in the, the locations if, if you're running those. You know, I don't know what you could rent out a pickleball court for. So how do you, if, if somebody else is looking to get into this business or someone's investing potentially in your business, you know, how do you explain to them, like, here's the revenue potential, here's like the KPIs, here how long, here's how long I can, I think someone will stay here. Yeah. And is there other, you know, like, tro- is, it, is there like a Trojan horse of like, hey, look, people hang out here for like three or four hours, they buy water, they buy drinks, they do this, they do that, you know, and yeah. this is kind of like the, the sticky point where it's not going to be 30, 40% attrition of people playing pickleball, like they're staying until... They don't want to play anymore. Right. So, okay. I'll in no particular order, but I remember the model that we've got for backspin pickleball. I'm still shocked that someone else with a ton of money from golds or planet or one of these guys has said, we're going to do this model. Yeah. Lifetime. Lifetime wants to be the biggest pickleball. They are. They're getting provider, right? Yeah. But nobody else has done it. They're not. uh, So, the answer to me is, and then I'm going to come back. I'm going to couch this though. The answer yeah. is in uh, there is a gross imbalance in this the court supply demand model right now. the The number of people coming into the game and making a lateral move from tennis and racquetball and squash right. into pickleball is putting it anywhere in the country about anywhere from 300 to a thousand people per court, depending on where you're at down in Florida, you go to the villages, you go down there where the U S open, they've got hundreds of courts. You come up to where I'm at, where I go play tonight, it's going to be 65, 75 people for six courts. So Hmm. I see the big picture in providing the courts. Now how we Hmm. do it, you know, dressing it up and all address that very quickly for you. And where, where this came up was, you know, I know what I know how to do and in fitness, and that is a club. How do we, and I learned this from my dad, how do we get 
3,000 people paying us $45, $55, $85 a month to come on in and get well. Not lose weight, feel great for the bikini season or the bathing suit season. How do we get wellness? How do we feel good? And he did that really well. In fact, that was the one thing he said he would have done differently when he moved to Atlanta and I moved here. I said, what would you have done? He goes, I would have built 400 of them. So we figured out how to run a club really well and maintain members. Pickleball, right? And one other quick note about that is right around 1983, and you may remember this, I don't think Dave's this old, but you and I might be, is everybody came into a club and put down the credit card. How much is it? 400 for the year, 540. We're doing a two for one special right now. And then he flipped it where we had a company called NH, I still remember it, uh, Jeff Carter, uh, NHP, National Health Promotions. They came in and they taught us how to do monthly dues. And I can still remember silver, bronze, silver, gold, giving away bikes, get on the monthly dues and people saying, I will never give you my credit card. You will mm -hmm. never remember that. Yes, now, you, now you can't get people to pay up front. Here's my card. Do you do Venmo? Do you do Apple Pay? So the model that we've got is basically take an old school racquetball club, replace the racquetball courts with pickleball courts and just make it more modern with the you know, self-guided fitness, with the small group training, uh, with the, the medical fitness, with a really nice sports pub in it, things like that. Um, so, so Sean, given that you've been in the industry, you know, and, and you've seen the, the evolution, um, you know, that a lot of companies use these Buxton reports. They'll tell you like exactly where you should put the club based on the household income and the demographics and the mm -hmm. traffic flow. You know, you, you're talking about a, an imbalance of, you know, if I build 20 to 30 courts and I've got at least X amount of, you know, 100,000 people within a 20 to 30 mm -hmm. minute drive time, do you, do you feel like the need to do a feasibility study or like, look, it's so obvious. It's like the, this milkshake's overflowing, right? Yeah, like I don't need yeah. to like analyze the shit out of it in order to figure out like, okay, now I can do a pickleball. Like I know it's going to work if I build it and I get there quickly and I do a good job and I service it mm -hmm. and it's clean and it's got a good community feel to it. So mm -hmm. how do you think about like, somebody's like, Hey, I'm going to build this pickleball court, but I'm first doing like a six month feasibility study. I'm going to da 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 da. And you're just like, they just build the thing. Yeah. Well, uh, both. Uh, number one, my gut told me when I started doing research, when I, when I saw people playing pickleball, my aha moment that put me over the edge, we were at a tournament. I wanted to see what tournaments are like because money is being made in tournaments, okay. are being made in these pickleball cruises. But uh, I was hondoing with the guy to get him to come down 20 bucks on a couple of paddles for me. And my son disappeared. And a 70-year-old guy grabbed him, very got nice man named Jack Thomas. And he grabbed him and said, hey, little guy, come on out in the court for five minutes. And I watched him and my son had never played pickleball and they were having a rally back and forth. My, my son didn't know the rules, but he's having rallies of five, 10, 15 hits. And I said, I can get a grandfather, a father and a grandson. I can collect dues from the whole family. Mm -hmm. We got to do this. So everywhere I go, I'm just like my dad did when he toured around the country to San Diego, St. Louis, Florida around 75, 76, before he built Racquetball Spa, he said, I can throw this thing up and make money. And he did. But the amount of money that we probably, he lost from not having 
honed it perfectly, you know, might have cost him a little bit. And so back in 2000, I wanted to start a business in the golf. I got into golf fitness training, developing fitness centers for golf clubs like Troon, Club Corp, uh, Bobby Jones Golf Management down here in mm-hmm. Atlanta. Great guys. Um, and I learned, uh, I came up with the model. I spent six months researching it. We put it together. A friend financed it for me, 12, 15,000. And then I discovered somebody else was already doing this, Canongate Golf. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I did all the anecdotal research and I said, we're good. I could build it. They will come. But I did ask a real estate through one, you know, a, a meeting here and a contact there. I said, can we guys work for free for me for 30, 60 days? And then do these studies for me. And they did. And they confirmed for me on their time and their budget because they want to get my business. And they will that to everything that I was looking at, but they put numbers to it. Yeah. So it was important to me to make sure that I did not waste an investor's money on. I should have been five miles down the road. So yeah, okay, good point. Combination yeah. of both. But let me tell you, people are throwing them up right now, left and right. They're putting up the little metal buildings. Um, the, the, yeah. the current model is food and beverage, that kind of thing. But yeah. they're is there something up. like uh, pickleball and chicken or something. Chicken and pickle. Yeah. Chicken and pickle. Yeah. Restaurant guys that love pickleball yeah. and they're franchising it now. You've got to have deep pockets to do it. But um, mm-hmm. I'm curious how they're doing with the cost of protein right now. Mm-hmm. Food, supply yeah. chains. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think it's great that you know, this is people have tried to do health clubs over time, you know, focused on, you know, 55 and over and like nobody wants to go to a health club, you know, with just seniors. So I feel like this might be, you know, like the golden nugget of people exercising in a social environment that's, you know, not intimidating at all because it is, you know, more of a community type of event and you don't have to cover that much court. So that's um, it. Yeah, I'm excited about I'm excited about pickleball. I, I played it a couple of times. Still sticking with tennis. Yeah, man. For now, but Great. Um, there's a know. battle going on, and we we yeah. ran into it in racquetball with the aerobic. You know, we took courts out to put in aerobics and to put in a nautilus room and things, and it's happening in tennis. And I think you know, a rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. At some point, they're going to try it, or the children are going to try it, and you know, fantastic. That that, that that's great. So, so let me ask you a question, given, you know, you've been a teacher, you've been, you know, a student, if you will, uh, of the industry, you're going to open up this location, you're going to get local investors or some high net worth investors, you know, to be part of founding membership and, and investor cohort. Um, given all the times that you've interviewed people, given all the times that you've, um, you know, really like gone to some place that's not something you own or not something you're working in and be like, Hey, you know, that person, that waiter or that waitress or that, you know, uh, clerk or that person at home Depot, like, do you, are you starting to like pick up people from outside the industry to say, like, this is what my look pickleball is a commodity, right? But I'm going to make it special. And it's going to be part of it's a lot of it's going to be what the interaction is with the staff and the quality of the facility. So maybe in closing here, you can give like some of your, you know, top three things you kind of look for that might not be, you know, Google, like what are things you look for when you want to hire somebody, but like, what do you, do you look for people like yourself? Do you look for people that try and diagnose if people care? Um, do you like that if they're an athlete? Like what, what do you, what do you, how do you think about that? 
I, um, I think that's the most important question because people do make the business. We've all been in the clubs before that are amazing, beautiful. I can think of one back in Danbury, Connecticut, a long time ago, glass chandeliers, glass, everything incredible. And it was just not a fun place to go to. Mm -hmm. And then we've been to, I had a client up in Philadelphia. He literally had a gym, like mix, fighting mix gym in Rocky. No, no air conditioning, bricks, every, you know, old equipment. And it was a great place to go to because of the people. Um, I look for people that are positive. We've mm -hmm. all been through a pretty tough time the past couple of years. And I look for people that are undyingly positive in their attitude about life. They may not. Yeah. Positive, positive, positive. Um, I also look for people that are proactive um, that are going, they're thinking with the end in mind, you know, they're, they're, let me go an extra mile right here. Let me just do one little extra thing for, like you mentioned, like a, a server at a restaurant or, um, really any place. Those are the kinds of people that I call it one plus hiring. You know, I know everything that I know. I am who I am. Um, I also know my faults really well. I think self-awareness is another key that I look for. I like people mm -hmm. that know who they are, what they're not. Um, uh, but I do like those people that are going to get better than me. So if I can impart on them, keep them long enough. I know that being at a pickleball club may not be their final stop in life. Um, but while we're there, if I can help them learn what I know, and then they know what they know, I think Baxman's going to do really, really well because they'll be out there taking care of people and members probably better than I could. Yeah. Um, so proactivity and positivity are the two main things that I look for. You could probably also go to like some of these, you know, um, tennis players that don't go into professional sports and be like, look, pickleball in like 40 years uh, when you move down to Boca is going to be huge. So why don't you work for me now? You'll train. And by the time you're 65, you'll be like, you know, the senior pickleball champ. player uh, in like all of Cobb County. or something. I coach youth baseball here. And, you know, <laughs> Cobb County is amazing baseball area. Yeah, what's the name of that baseball facility again there? Well, we've got one called D-Bat. Right yeah, D-Bat, yeah, we know D-Bat. Sure. Yeah, we got There's another, isn't there like a baseball heaven or like a huge, no, it's Cobb County baseball, like, isn't there like, like 20 fields or something in we Cobb County? We got it all. Man, we got yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that. pardon me, Lake Point Sports. Thank you. In fact, that's the one. That was, I met with the, one of the guys that founded that place two and a half years ago. Yeah. And he wanted us to run the pickleball. And he's since has moved on from Lake Point and got his own little thing going down in Alpharetta. I am begging uh, students, you know, in high school that are athletes, you know, they, they, they work out, but they may not play in the baseball or football team. I'm telling them and the whole tennis team, if you don't think you're going D1 and are going to play at Flushing Meadow one day, pick up yeah. pickleball right now, because in two to three years, you're going to be able to have a go to college and play two or three tournaments. Do they a have month. teams now? Oh, it's everything. Every man. college is it like a D one, D two, D three yet? Not, not quite there, but it's going to get there very quickly. When I was playing racquetball yeah. back in 88, 89 in college, we built the the collegiate thing in New England really fast. Pickleball is going to go even quicker. Um, I'm begging my son. You know, he's a good good baseball player. Play pickleball, man. 
because you'll be able to support your dad in about 10 years as a pro pickleball. Well, I mean, I got, I got four years of eligibility left, so <laughs> I might jump right off this call right now and head down yeah, to Cobb County, like go to the University White. of Georgia. I'll be yeah, like, get back down to Emory. I'm on, a, I'm on a pass fail. I'm just, I'm here for D1. I got recruited for D1 pickleball over you 50. Could, you could major in, I don't know what, uh, be like me, communications major. And you could yeah. go on through there and play pickleball every day. And I'll be a team. Maybe I can teach our uh, Halo Academy down there, and I could be like, uh, you know, part of the pickleball, like player coach. Remember they said player coaches until they decided maybe that guy should also not put himself in the game. Dave, what do you guys got going on up there, man? It sounds. I, I see. I sense another opportunity right here. Yeah, um, this podcast might end on this episode, and then I'm just starting up. Yeah, I'm just starting up. I will say pickleball. This. What pickleball diaries? I'm going to start up I my next go, podcast. I did go through a streak. <laughs> I kill that by when I lived in New England. Yeah, where the three tournaments that I played at three different clubs was the last tournament the club was open and they closed within a year. So I hope I'm not bringing that back to your podcast this is your yeah. last podcast um, a lot um, well, of opportunity listen, though yeah well listen um you know we'll, we'll post up your information there if people want to uh learn what you're doing and partner up with you we'll have that up there and uh you know keep keep spreading the uh the good halo vibes and uh helping I will. kids and people, everyone learning to uh you know compete and win and preparation and, you know doing the work and it, it pays off so yeah, thank you for your service you. to the industry, and uh, yeah, we'll come down and uh, we'll pickle. I got my uh, I got my football, my tennis bag, and I got two pickleball rackets. Bring it down, pocket. All right, cool. Bring it on down. I really appreciate you, gentlemen, bringing me yeah, on good today. Talking. And, uh, yep, well, I wish awesome. you guys well. All right, man. Talk Thanks, to you guys. Appreciate Take it. Care.